For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also check out Five Reasons YouTube. The latest trade news will be there, including tonight. They did a clutch corner, so make sure that you check that out. Bahama Rican boys and Feel the Heat did a crossover yesterday. And also we go before floor, an hour before every Heat game, and post up 5R as soon as the Heat game ends. Also check out FiveReasonsSports.com for the latest from Brady Hawk. And others, we got Louis Sung and Hassan Patel on there about the Mike McDaniel hire, and I'll be out at the Mike McDaniel press conference, so look for a story there as well. And check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. It is Super Bowl week, right? So check out prizepicks.com. This is the official daily fantasy partner of the Five Reasons Sports Network, but also, I mean, you don't just have to play stuff that's going on that day. So get on there, check out the Super Bowl props. They've got just about everything on the board right now go to prizepicks.com use the code five to get your initial deposit match so you put down a hundred dollars they will match a hundred dollars for you and you don't need to play it all at once and of course if you don't want to play the super bowl stuff play the nba stuff play the nhl stuff it's prizepicks.com use the code five and now tonight's episode yeah Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's tonight's floor plan. I got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. I've got Greg Sylvander. You can follow at Greg Sylvander. As we come to you, we're on the eve of the trade deadline. Of course, there have been some major trades in the NBA already. CJ McCollum has moved. Demodis Sabonis has moved. As we speak, we're waiting to see what happens with Philadelphia, the Nets, and some of these other teams. But the Miami Heat made a trade today. And Greg, actually, if you were listening, well, you weren't listening because you were actually on it. Uh, if anybody else listened to Floor Yours, you pretty much signaled this one. I asked what would be the most likely thing to happen before Thursday? And you said, Casey Akpala has probably found a new home and probably the heat don't take anything back. Although they actually did get something back, uh, something small. And, uh, but they, you said they wouldn't take a player back most likely. And then uh, of course, Alex uh, jumped in by saying, is he looking for you know a place to live in OKC? Which I know is halfway a joke, but also we've talked about OKC. <laughs> yeah, we, right. We've talked about yeah. OKC for a long time. So go through it, Greg. I mean, what because now what, what you said was going to happen has happened. But in your view, is that all that's going to happen? 
Uh, that's uh, the interesting question. I mean, so they got a 2026 second round pick. I think Heat fans across the board are happy to, to have a second round pick again. I think we forgot what that felt like. Um, and this was the big thing that that happened. And it came out, actually, the Heat were very slick with this. Um, they were the they were the announcers of this trade. It was no Woj bomb, no Shams bomb. Uh, n- none of us caught wind of it. I mean, obviously we knew that something like this likely was going to happen, but we didn't know when, and, uh, the heat released it via press release. And this was the really key news is that, um, the heat and the thunder, see, they had done prior dealings where the thunder owned, uh, the Miami heats 2023 first round pick, and there was protections attached to it. Well, they agreed to amend the protections of the first round pick that was already owed, Um, and they, instead of it being 2023, it's 2025 now. So it's a 2025 first round protected pick. And if not conveyed, it'll be a 2026 unprotected pick. Why does that matter? Because of, uh, various rules that we don't need to go down the rabbit holes to explain. It now gives the heat, the ability to trade. And I want to shout out Brian Goins for, for putting this on the timeline earlier today because it makes it very succinct for me to give uh, to your listeners, but follow him for these kinds of cap details. Uh, They essentially now can uh, trade either their 2022 pick, their 2023 pick, one of those two uh, with, uh, you know, protections or no protections, a 2028 or a 2029 pick. So that's two first round picks and technically could even get a conditional pick in the mix as well. So up to three, but really two is the more realistic number. So now they actually can go fishing. If they want to make a major upgrade based off what happens in the Eastern Conference, they have two first round picks to attach to a contract like Duncan Robinson and maybe some smaller men deals and get in the conversation for a major upgrade. So that was the news of the day. You know, the funny thing about this is, and it brings me back to that infamous Pat Riley misspoken, you know, there are obstacles, but there are none quote, you know, when it came down to, bringing in a player and, you know, Barry and Ira rightly so pressing him about the salary cap situation. This is going back before Jimmy Butler. And he's like, there are obstacles, but there are none. And I don't even think Pat knew what he was saying. We have talked for so long about how they can't do this and they can't do that. And they can't do this and they can't do that. And then like, essentially, you know, Andy and Pat and whoever else was involved in this, managed to essentially flip Casey Akpala to exactly the place that we thought they would probably flip him to about a year and a half ago to unlock a pick from Oklahoma City, which is exactly what they did. So as much as everybody was kind of banging their head against the wall, like, oh, they'll never be able to do this. They ended up doing it. Um, maybe they didn't do it at the time that everybody wanted it to because you wanted the heat to go, as you were talking about, Greg, fishing over the summer even more than they did, although they did pretty damn well as it was. And now, and I'll pivot to Alex here. Now they're in this position uh, to do something more significant. We're going to get into the more significant stuff after the break, but I do want to put kind of a, a postscript on the KZ Akpala career here in Miami. I, and I think we should. And I, Greg's sort of, I, I mean, this is not on video and sort of laughing about this, but I mean, there were high hopes for this guy. I mean, let's just acknowledge it. The, the heat almost took him. It was, you know, instead of Tyler hero, like, (laughs) you know, they looked at him seriously in the first round and they ended up giving up two additional picks to move up and take him in the second round. And we know that the driving force behind this was the boss himself, uh, Mr. Riley, that, that he, he loved Casey Akpala's upside. Alex, I'll go to this. Like, 
no summer league the first year, no summer league the second year, had summer league this year, but it was bad. Couldn't really find a role. Like, what do, what do you think happened here? Is he an NBA player? Yes. I think he's an NBA player. That doesn't mean I think he's going to be a rotation player anytime soon. I mean, maybe in OKC he'll make that rotation. But um, I just think, like, you you know, you pointed out factors that we've pointed out plenty of times before, and I think it's, it's good to point those things out because it's, it's fair to compare, you know, the, the type of, uh, you know, arc he's had and the things that he didn't get to do compared to other guys in his position. And I get it. But um, to me, all of this is about the timing because it's like you – traded what was it three or four second round picks to acquire him and all of a sudden you trade him for one like I'm pretty sure they've been able to trade him for one second round pick for a long time if I had to guess like I'm sure that offer that's been there so the fact that they pulled this lever now I think is interesting because yeah it might not lead to a trade tomorrow by the deadline but I don't know man like it's a little bit ominous right knowing Pat Riley uh, and I know that's kind of the reputation that he'd always have going into a trade deadline. Hey, Pat Riley, Pat Riley, he's he's going to go whale hunting or whatever. He, he's always looking to make a trade. And it's it's really beyond that. I just think the timing is is funky because, like you guys already talked about, it gives you access to these picks that you didn't have before. We've been talking about this the Heat doing yes. this type of move with OKC for how long now? Like it's A been year and a half. A year, but then also <laughs> remember all the stuff um, – from like two seasons ago, two years ago with the rust, right? That's kind of where all that stuff started, right? Where all those conversations. But Alex, you and know, now here and, we are. You know, and Greg and I have talked about this so many times. The Heat always come back to the thing that they were trying to do before. They circle back. You know, time is a flat circle, right? As they Didn't they laid say, down I'm, the foundation I'm, I'm of this trade detective. at the at summer I mean, league that year? Well, look, the reality is Presti and, and the Heat have a have an open relationship in terms of speaking to each other. There, there is some in public you know, too. Well, you go around the league, but it's very clear that there is there's a level of communication between the two organizations that are in completely opposite places right now, right? I mean, and that was kind of one of the questions that was thrown out there. And I don't know who maybe it was hot take Harry. Somebody threw it out. Well, why would OKC do this, right? Because you know, why would you defer the protection, you know, defer this until later? And it makes sense from their idea because we know the heat are going to be pretty good for the next two seasons. So, so OKC is kind of getting out of the way and hoping maybe the heat collapse by then in some, in some way that the Butler and Lowry contracts don't work out. I mean, if you're Presti, that makes sense, but they also have to see a little something in Kaziak Paula, if they were going to make the trade, because I mean, he is the one piece and, OKC is still in this stage, Greg, where they're just cycling through young players trying yeah. to see what sticks with Shea or maybe nothing will stick at all. Or maybe he won't even stick. And, and they're $27 million away from the salary floor. So they have the flexibility to just take on a guy, take a flyer, see if it works out. Um, so like they're kind of the dumping ground for the NBA, this trade deadline where like any team that needs to move off salary can go to them and they have the means by which to take on. I don't know that they have all the roster spots to do it, but um, they have the the room to take on contracts. So that's essentially what, wh- why they could take a shot on KZ when he looked non-functional in Miami. Yeah. And non-functional is an interesting word because I, I think, there were times he thought we thought he could be more than that, particularly uh, particularly defensively. I, I think offensively, it, it was an awareness thing more than anything else. I he just I don't know. He never seemed to know where to fit, and maybe that will change in another place. Although we have seen, and we've said this many times, and we're going to now address some of the players and go after. Players don't tend to get better after they leave Miami, so I I don't know that this will. I don't know that this is something that the Heat are going to regret 
the acquisition of him in the first place, maybe, but they've made up for it with, you know, the, the Max Struces and the Kayla Martins and the Gabe Vincents of the world that they didn't have to give up anything for. I mean, you can look at all those guys as second round picks. Okay. Uh, or Yurtsevin uh, also, who's somebody that we're going to discuss now. All right. When we come back, we are going to get into who they might look at and, and maybe w- what are the other levers that they could pull before we do. We t- want to tell you about another great new sponsor of the five reasons sports network, and it's all pro construction builders, all pro construction builders. Again, we work with South Florida companies and this is a great one. Okay. Hurricane season, you all know it's always around the corner. Okay. We'll turn around and oh, there's another hurricane coming. Um, you got to protect your home or your business. Okay. So make sure to contact pro construction builders. They specialize in impact windows and doors for residential and commercial properties. All pro construction builders is a state certified license and insured general contractor. They service Miami Dade and Monroe for everybody saying, Oh, you guys are always doing Broward. They service those two counties down there and they only make, they only use products that are made locally and are American made family or family owned and operated. You'll only deal with the owner from start to finish. Reach out to Danny at 305-484-4429. That's 305-484-4429. You mentioned five reasons you get a 10% discount on your overall order and you'll always get a free estimate. Okay. So again, reach out to Danny at all pro construction builders, 305 305- 484-4429. All right, Greg. So we talk about different things that they can do now. And I mean, the first, first thing is the easiest thing, and it may turn out to just be this, is they can give what Caleb Martin, they can give Caleb Martin what he deserves, okay? Which is a roster spot. I, I mean, a real roster spot, not a two-way roster spot and make it official. And that gets them on the playoff roster, which is something that they want to do. And if that's all that this is about, then you are sort of expediting that process, taking away one problem. Um, you got the protections taken off for later on. Okay. You add a second round pick, which could be useful for a trade later on. That wouldn't be the worst thing if nothing happens before Thursday. Yeah. Because I mean, you're still left with a roster spot um, and the buyout market will come about. So you could do some 10 day stuff, maybe, um, until the buyout market shakes out and see who becomes uh, available before, you know, the deadline for playoff eligible players. And, um, you know, so you, that's one avenue is to just do nothing. Uh, but with the, with the now uh, the ability to have these picks unlocked, as you call it, I think that's a much uh, more efficient way of getting to the point of what has essentially happened today they do have the ability to look at a couple guys um, and I'll just blitz through them quickly. Like if you look at the salaries that Miami would have to play with, it's essentially Duncan Robinson and spare parts to some degree. So like if you were to take, let's say Duncan Robinson, Markeith Morris and Omar, your Omar, your that's like in the neighborhood of 20 million, 19.7 million. You now could take that. And you could attach a pick maybe that you didn't really care about much anyway, because it was going to be a late first um, in the 2022 draft that's coming up. So a team gets instant gratification with a first round pick. If they, you know, they may have uh, their own pick in another or something like that. And you could explore what it costs to get Jeremy Grant, who makes 20 million Harrison Barnes, who makes 20 million, essentially 20.2 somewhere around there. Um, Or you could look at, 
Marcus Morris and Nick Batum uh, together, they make right around 20 million. Um, and there's also, you know, some possibilities maybe with like Christian Wood, which had been mentioned before. I don't think that that's as, uh, as viable as some of these others. So that's like now, if you want to take a big swing, and we've talked about maybe why they wouldn't do that. Um, those are the types of players you could get that could play the three and the four that would provide you some PJ insurance, some long-term, um, you know, maybe if you can mold a guy that way, if you're looking for a big swing, there's talent there and they're on contracts that expire sooner. So you also get financial flexibility sooner getting off Duncan Robinson's money. So the question would be how much better do you get by getting Jeremy Grant or getting Marcus Morris, Nick Batum or Harrison Barnes? Well, this feels a little bit similar to two years ago where, you know, that heat team was pretty good before the trade deadline, you know, and then they, they fell off a little bit after. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The trade, and, you know, they were struggling somewhat going into the trade, but then they had a road stretch. They tried to incorporate Crowder and Iguodala on the fly. The team wasn't playing all that well, you know, at that stage. Remember, Kendrick Nunn was not playing well. He was hurt. There were a couple other guys. And they kind of backslid a little bit for three weeks into COVID, if everybody remembers. Um, but they made the trades, you know, for Iguodala. I mean, it was a combination trade. I mean, you didn't know if James Johnson, Deion Waiters were going to contribute to you. So it was kind of like a little bit addition by subtraction. But you traded Justice, who you thought might come back for you this season, that season. And you made a trade that was essentially, at the time, seemed like it might be a minor upgrade. Like you, you were getting a couple of things, but it didn't seem seismic. It turned out to be seismic. This feels, Alex, a little bit like that, although um, this team is better than that team. This team is deeper than that team. So it doesn't seem like it's necessary to do this. So it almost is kind of, you know, Pat looking around and saying, okay, other teams in the East are better than maybe we thought they would be, and we have to do something. Do you feel that that would be this? And are there any of the trades, any of the players, the targets that Greg talked about that would interest you more than the others? I think I know, but restate it for the audience, I guess. So, yeah, I'm definitely uh, interested in a lot of these guys. I can't help but get on my trade machine regardless of not wanting to trade Duncan and send you guys trade machine results as the pod is going on. But um, And I do understand a comparison to two seasons ago because it's similar types of players that uh, they acquired, right? It's like guys who are kind of threes, kind of fours, whatever. But the difference is that they didn't really touch anybody from their actual rotation when they were when they were making that trade back then and like you know i think they wanted those guys to be in their rotation guys like justice james johnson dion i think like if those guys would have worked out i'm sure they would have been happy to put them in the rotation but that just wasn't the case whereas duncan robinson has just been not only a rotation player a player but a key part of what they've done for the past two and a half seasons now so i think that's that's the biggest difference here obviously you know guys like omer keith uh not kz anymore that's a different story, but that, that's the biggest difference here. I'm definitely interested in Harrison Barnes and Jeremy Grant as like the, the two biggest guys. If you're going to, you know, try to package Duncan, a pick Omer, whatever it is that that would look like. Um, 
those are the two guys for me because I think using another four is somebody who could potentially play uh, with PJ for stretches, whether as a four or five combo or as a three, four or five combo, maybe, I don't know if Spo would want to do that, but, um, but more to have another four for when PJ is not here anymore, somebody who can do more stuff on offense than PJ, whether you're talking about Jeremy or Harrison, I just think even though both players are a little bit different, both to be very good fits, like you get a little bit more athleticism with Jeremy with Harrison Barnes, you get a little bit more on ball skill. Um, so I think, you know, there's pros and cons to both of them, but I think both would be nice fits. I just don't know how I feel about um, possibly hemorrhaging the offense a little bit when you've been a top 10 team on both sides of the floor and you've looked like a team that's already championship worthy, messing with a key cog like that. That's just kind of been my entire thing. But really like Barnes and Jeremy Grant, even Christian Wood are absolutely better players, I think, than Duncan Robinson. So that's not even that's why it's hard to not get interested and Christian Wood, I'm, I'm less interested in because he's a slower big. But then I started playing around with the trade machine a little bit because his contract is like around 13 mil instead of 19 or 20. You know, I th- you throw in a guy like Jay Sean Tate, you're getting a wing there. <laughs> then maybe we're talking because like Jay Sean Tate. Off the rails. Yeah, he, he's got heat culture written all over him. He's going to be a heat player one day. But really, like, I can't help but get interested. And I now that they've done this KZ trade at this time, it feels like, you know, it might actually happen before I felt like, no, it's not going to happen. Now I'm not sure. All right. <laughs> I'm trying to process all of that. My fault. My fault. I am trying exciting to times. all of that. All right. Let's, uh, you know what? Give me a second and we'll do that on the other side because I want to get into what may actually uh, happen here. Um, but we also want to tell you on Sunday coming up, of course, it's the Super Bowl. Well, it's my birthday. That's more important. But it's also the Super Bowl. And so you got to go to City Cigar Lounge, okay? If you're in downtown Miami, you're looking to watch with somebody, okay, other sports fans, or you just want to bring somebody, it's a great it's great spot. they got more than 50 different types of premium cigars, more than 350 different types of alcohol, okay? The full bar back there. Uh, it's a clean, comfortable place. they got the TVs everywhere, okay? We were there for a pregame prior to a heat game a couple of weeks ago. Go to citycigarlounge.com. And here's the thing. They got specials all night for the Super Bowl starting at 4 o'clock, okay? So at City Cigar Lounge, it's down the street from FTX Arena. And you go down to the arena all the time anyway, right? Head down to that area and watch the game in a great atmosphere with great cigars and great liquor and great friends and all that good stuff. So City Cigar Lounge in downtown Miami. All right. So I, you know, we've talked so much about Jeremy Grant, uh, Harrison Barnes, and others here. It does feel like everything that the Heat are doing is kind of going to some very obvious places, right? Like even unlocking the pick with Oklahoma City, as we talked about earlier in the show, was kind of an obvious place. It was when they were going to ultimately get there. And we've talked about the types of players that they would want. The, The thing about this heat team is that we've seen everybody play, right? So we kind of know what everybody provides. And so the needs for this team became very clear, even though I don't think they're very vast. Right. And the need is essentially PJ Tucker protection (laughs) and maybe somebody who can develop into, as Alex said, that PJ Tucker role down, down, you know, down the line. Um, But I I'm coming, I'm going to come back to this on that. and, And then we'll get to predictions. What will actually happen? If you're going to trade Duncan Robinson, in my view, and take away what you get for him for about eight minutes of the first quarter and eight minutes of the third quarter, which is space, you know, significant space. that's more than anybody else on the team for Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. 
you had better get a player who's going to contribute in the other really important time in the game, which is at the end. I'm not going to be in favor of trading Duncan Robinson for a guy who doesn't end up playing in the fourth. Okay. I, to, to me, that's not worth it because this is all about those closing minutes against a lot of very good, not great. Okay. I don't know if there's a great team in the East other than a really healthy Milwaukee with Brooke Lopez back. Okay. But there are a lot of very good teams, Greg. And my thing is if, if they, they feel like they need to make an upgrade to Santa, you know, they're, they're a little worried about, you know, Chicago may get Williams back. I mean, there's a bunch of guys that are kind of back in the mix here. Okay. I'm okay with it. If they get somebody who's going to contribute down the stretch of games, I'm not okay with trading Duncan Robinson. Otherwise. I'm kind of with you. I kind of get it. Um, I have to admit that I can easily go down the trade rabbit hole as a heat fan and like say, Oh gosh, I could talk myself into Jeremy Grant's game, et cetera. But it, it, it doesn't seem heat like to um, take such a key player that particularly unlocks so many things for the two best players on the team um, and just kind of punt on that. Um, and when, when you're in the one seed and I know that one and six are separated by a couple games. So, I mean, what do you really, you know, you could become six in a two game losing streak and then you, you the narrative is different. Right. So like I get that, but, um, I just think that this ultimately leads to them uh, having more ammunition uh, come draft night, come the summertime, things like that. So I think that that's where the picks will come in handy. And this could have just been a moment where um, Oklahoma City and Miami were going to have a transaction to make and that they needed to ensure that there's a touch point in every single deal. So they figure let's get this protections thing out of the way and and get it uh, you know, into this trade. So I don't know how much to read into that. Um, I think it's far more likely that they're going to look at something like PJ Washington. Um, mm -hmm. That's the name that we keep hearing. Uh, and I, I don't know exactly what the package would look like, but the money tells you that it would likely be, you know, Markeith Morris, Omer Yertsevin, and uh, maybe that pick that they gained back, you know, something like that, which would be, it would plug a hole. The guy has a future in terms of like, he was a player they wanted to draft. He's up for an extension, but maybe you get him a little discounted because he hasn't had the chance to play as much. Um, and that's a player that you take a chance on and you give up a pick that you didn't really care about that much anyway. I mm. think that's far more likely than this stuff that we're talking about that uh, makes Duncan leave. Even though I've said trade Duncan, these mm. aren't the, the guys that I think I am uh, ready to do that for just yet. But maybe I'll change my mind by the end of the show. I mean, there were really three steps to this, right? There were three options. Well, there are four options. One was do nothing. Uh, that didn't happen. Two was trade KZ uh, and, and clear the spot for Caleb. Three on the ladder is was make a smaller deal to go get a guy like a PJ Washington uh, player with upside and maybe have to move Yurtsevin to do it. And then step four is actually use the Duncan Robinson asset. So we have gone from one to two. I think we probably end up going to three, but not to four. That's, that's where I see this going. I, I also see the move, you know, that they, I think they understand that they need, I, I don't know that going into the playoffs, Alex with Caleb Martin as your best option as a backup power forward behind a guy who's 37 years old uh, is, is the way to go. Right. I mean, is even if you're not getting someone super skilled, it, who's going to give you huge, huge minutes. I feel like they need 10 to 15 minute protection there. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I think they can definitely get away with it if they just don't do anything, like I've said before. But um, 
I think Spo and them would rather have the, the the added body there. Whether you know, it could be varying types of players. It might not be a Grant or Harrison Barnes or Christian Wood or one of these higher level guys. It might not even be PJ Washington. But uh, you get somebody else, a Tory Gregg or, or I don't know, somebody who who people won't be too excited about. Even that, I think, would be a little bit helpful, right? I just think um, I'm probably a little bit picky about giving up. Omer, unless it's for a young player. Like, I'm not just throwing Omer to make a trade happen. Like, I just, not that I'm super, you know, I think he's super valuable or anything, but I, you know, he's he's a young player who showed you something. I'm not giving up, giving him up for, you know, somebody who isn't all that good. If you're going to do it for PJ, you're going to do it for a Rui, you know, somebody who, who's, who was a recent first round pick, a lottery pick. That's a different story. Even Bagley, even more, like a Bagley type who I've never been in on. I would understand because that guy was like the second pick in the draft or something recently. Not that it'll work out, but I wouldn't be against that. Uh, I, in general, um, I think this is the type of move they're going to end up doing. I don't think they're going to. I will be shocked, actually, still, even after today's news and the timing and all that, feeling a little bit on, on, ominous. I would be shocked if Duncan Robinson were traded tomorrow. There's no shoot around tomorrow morning. No, there's not. Um but you did have a day of practice, right? And so they can skip them. Uh, Eric used to be a stickler about shoot arounds. Not so much anymore. Of course, the rule with shoot arounds is if you have an actual shoot around, you have to make yourself available to the media, uh, which is, I think, the real view where they started. They started going to the later shoot arounds, you know, an hour and a half uh, before the, typically the players would have generally arrived. And that way you kind of get away with it. Uh, so, so I don't know if I would read into that too much. I do think that they'll be busy on the phones. I don't think Duncan Robinson is traded. I do think we could get a deal for a, a high-end developmental four, you know, who, who can plug that spot or, or, or somebody else again to, to sort of back up Tucker. Yes, Greg. I have to sneak this in on both of you guys quickly, though, real quickly. Intuitive answers only. If mm-hmm. Max Struess or uh, Gabe Vincent have to be the player that leaves instead of Omar, Omar Yurtsevin in a PJ Washington type deal to shore up the backup four spot. Are you that open-minded to it still, or the hold it creates is not worth making a move? Uh, I'm less open-minded to it. I'm open-minded. And, and you're open. Well, but see, here's the thing about it. I'm with Omer's potential, but I just think for this team, Gabe and Max fill more important roles. I mean, if Duncan... I mean, you, you really could have a situation. First thing, it makes it impossible uh, going forward to evaluate. Well, not impossible, more difficult to evaluate the Duncan situation going forward because you don't have Struess in there to kind of plug in Insurance, if you end up trading yeah. Duncan. Uh, but also the Vincent thing, I mean, you, you, you waited so long to develop a backup point guard. You finally have one, and now you're going to flip him at the first opportunity. I, I don't think it makes sense to get rid of the extra ball handler. You're, you're rubbing your chin, Alex. No, you know, just kind of thinking about it a little bit. I think Struess would be the guy who will give up. And I love Max. I, I'm not really looking for the Heat to trade him or anything like that. I, I, he's a good player, man. Like, he's really stepped up. I just think he would be the guy I'd be most willing to trade with if you're talking about a scenario like that for P.J. Washington. Again, recent lottery pick um, has been a pretty good player, a quality rotation player for the Hornets. And I think would be a pretty clean fit with the Heat. And I, I think he played with Tyler Hero at, at Kentucky. Uh, so that's an added bonus there. Like, I just think it makes a lot of sense. You're upgrading there without giving up too much. And also like, 
again, not to not to account too much for him, but Victor Oladipo is returning. So if you yep. lose somebody in in that position, like you already have somebody who's going to come in and 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 fill it up. So uh, you lose a Struess or you lose a Gabe. I don't want to trade Gabe. I don't. But uh, there is Victor Oladipo <laughs> sitting right there. No, you're right, you and we haven't talked it. about him. We haven't talked about him the whole episode, and he is who they added at the trade deadline last year. And ostensibly, his his quad is affixed properly now, so you never know what will happen. All right, we're going to close this out because I'm sure a lot more is going to happen between now and tomorrow. If you are listening to this on Thursday, we will have programming somewhere, uh, either the YouTube channel or Twitter spaces or both prior to a five on the floor at night, usual before floor an hour before the heat game. They are playing a game actually against New Orleans. It always interests me that this happens on trade deadline day. I was in, uh, I've, I've, I've been in arenas for a couple of them and they are, to use the word that Alex used, ominous. You're always kind of watching to see who's in, who's out. Um, I was in Philadelphia the night that the Cavaliers traded Dion Waiters right before he was going to start in his hometown and he brought a bunch of family with him. And Raja Bell had to pull him aside in the tunnel and tell him. And Dion was very, very, very upset, which would be understandable. He was traded to OKC at the time uh, from Cleveland. And of course, Cleveland got J.R. Smith uh, and ultimately ended up going to the NBA finals. So crazy stuff happens on draft day. I'm not draft day, but free agent day. I mean, not free agent day, not draft day. Sorry, trade deadline day. All right, you know what? It's time to end this episode. Thanks to our sponsors, City Cigar Lounge, all pro construction builders. Go to prizemix.com. Check out the Super Bowl board. Use the code 5FIV. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.